Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. If you haven't already, please be sure to check us out on social media. We're available on all platforms, so just head over, search Country Music Made Me, and give us a follow. You can also visit us at countrymusicmademe.com to sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content. On today's episode, we are excited to be welcomed by Jade and Zach of country music duo Five Roses. Now, the pair had their own unique paths towards music growing up, and they first met when Zach's band By the Glory, a punk rock band, went into Jade's barbershop where she was working for a photo shoot. The two got talking about music and quickly linked up to start jamming. They found that not only did they mesh as musicians, but their voices also came together in a unique way. From there, they started to build a career and started going down to Nashville, where they worked with producer Danik DePel on their new music, which culminated with the release of their debut EP in August, Jukebox Vibrations. So please enjoy our conversation with Zach and Jade of Five Roses. Let's start out with the new stuff, jukebox, jukebox Vibrations. It's hard to say. I have a cold, so I'm a bit nasally, so it's a difficult thing to say. So let's talk about the EP. It was just released a few days ago, actually. So talk about the album. First of all, talk about the title. Is there any special meaning behind that title? Um, it's from one of the songs on our EP. So the song feel good. Uh, there's a line in it, uh, in the chorus is, you know, give me some of that feel good. There's pretty long, strong likelihood. If you, if you give a little, uh, jukebox vibrations, a little bit of our top libations. Yeah. So like we fell in love with that line and, and we felt like represented the, the, um, you know, the, the, the collection the of songs and the good vibes of the record. So we, we kept that as uh, the name of the record. Awesome. And now you jumped into the studio with Danik back in August of 2020, I believe is when you started working. Now, was that starting to work on this EP or did you jump in with him again uh, last year or earlier this year to work on this group of songs? So we de- we decided to uh, work from since August uh, 2020. But the thing was, uh, we were supposed to do singles and see how it goes and everything. And finally, we just said, let's get all these songs in an EP because we love the, the the song. So we made out an EP out of that. And we're seven songs in? Nine seven songs. songs seven, yeah. seven songs, yeah. Seven songs with two so, French versions, yeah. yeah. Yeah, talk about those two French versions. How important was it for you to bring that part of your upbringing and that part of your culture into this EP? Uh, it's, it's, it was really important to us. I mean, at first we, we weren't like, we didn't initially think about it, not because we didn't want to do it, but just because we were, um, I don't know, I guess we didn't know if, you know, that was going to be a thing with the label or, if, or if we should even, you know, explore that option, but we always wanted to eventually do it. And then when, it kind of came up organically with the label and they said, you know, you guys should totally do some stuff in in Quebec or at least do some bilingual versions of the songs. And we were totally into the idea. I mean, we grew up listening to English music, French music, and also um, here in Quebec, like oftentimes songs in English will be translated at least like, you know, half into French. They can get played on French radio. Oh, okay. Simple plan has done that a whole bunch of times. 
so we also were like it'd be really cool to to also bring our music you know to french radio as well and uh so that's how we that's how we got into that yeah and then we picked those two songs because we just felt like I don't know. It just felt right with those two songs. And my right. mom was really happy because she doesn't understand English. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, you know, I can understand what yeah. you're saying, guys. So, like, they'll like they'll 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 get into why well, I say that. Like, the people who are more, I guess, unilingually French will will get into the 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 melody and they'll get into like the vibe of the song, but they won't be able to necessarily connect with the lyrics. Whereas now we can get them to connect with the lyrics on on some of the songs. And I noticed the single Heartbreak Anytime. That was a single I think you released in 2020. There's a music video with it, but I don't see any mention of it anymore, like on Spotify or on the EP. So what happened with that song? So basically, we released it as an independent artist. We were not uh, signed with the MDM yet. And uh, it was just before the pandemic started. So it kind of went like in the waves of nothing going on because like... It was the day right when the pandemic started and was officially um, like the lockdown and everything. So it was not the yeah. a, a right time to release it, but it's it's what we like to. March 13th, 2020, I think is when yeah, we released it. it. Like, March, <laughs> like literally like the day we released it was a Friday. They're like global pandemic or shutting down. We're like, oh, you know. Yeah, like I really enjoyed that song. So is there any thought to maybe re-record it for future projects or anything? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, maybe we're not we're not opposed to it for sure. I mean, um, yeah, I, I I definitely explore that. I'll we didn't think it about it, but it could be enough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And now let's dive back into the past and you two as musicians and as people. I've heard you talk about your parents were sort of the reason you, that you got into country music and you were inspired by them, by them playing it around the house. Now, a little more than that, just talk about your upbringings and your families and how they inspired you to chase these careers. Mm. That's funny because since I was really, really young, my mom brought me to concerts and to see Boogie Wonder Band. Do you know Boogie Wonder Band? No, I don't. That that was a cover band of uh, like disco music and everything. I think it still goes on. And it's it was it's really a disco good. band, huh? Yeah, and I fell in love with the the music and like the senior career and everything because of the glitters and all the stuff's going on. Right. We used to always dance in like the kitchen when I was young. So I was always introduced to music like every day of our life. It was super important um, at our place to to play music all the time. And my dad used to listen a lot to um, country music like Chris Christopherson, stuff like that. So, and we have lots of festivals to like rodeos and stuff like that from where I come from. Cause oh, I okay. small town. It's like five hours away from Montreal and not, not a lot of people speak English too. So that's why, pardon my French. That's why sometimes I have an accent and I make mistakes, but I'm working on that. And um, yeah, so that, that's how I got introduced to music. And then I got cover bands, did some contests and here we are. Right. What about Susie? Um, yeah. I mean, so my parents are both in the film business. So like they never, like they never graduated from university. Like they just, they went straight into the film business, like in the seventies. Oh, okay. And they're very, both, they're very, both very like artistic people. Um, And my mom's like more on like the production side of things. My dad is on the um directing side of things. And so they were, there was always like, 
talks of even before i mean even before music or even in parallel to music being present in the household like there was always talks of creativity you know my dad always had like musicians over or was always or always had like people you know talking about okay how are we going to produce this commercial what's the vision what's the script what's the this what's the that what's the concept and my mom also like i visited my mom a million and one times like on movie sets and i was you know i went to like movie premieres and and like you know my parents were big like um you know, movie lovers. And so like, there was always kind of like this, like artistic kind of, you know, creative, um, you know, this creative kind of aura in the house really, mm -hmm. you know, for lack of a better term. So then when, you know, I told my mom and dad, like when I was 12 or 13, like I wanted to start playing music, my dad like jumped at the occasion and they like bought me a guitar, you know? And then my dad was like, Hey, you're going to go do this. You're going to go do that. And then he started, you know, showing me records and then this, and then, you know, and at that point I was already listening to a lot of music. So like my parents were never, um, you know, like they're, they're very artistic, you know, they're artistic and work in artistic fields themselves. So it was never a clash, so to speak. Um, I think they were just a little bit scared that, you know, I wouldn't make any money. Yeah, because <laughs> they themselves worked in you know, artistic fields and they got into it back in the day when there was not many people doing it. Where whereas now they're like, you know, if you get into it, it's it's a lot. There's a lot more competition. So yeah, uh, but but yeah, like through that, I I then it got into music and then it was just kind of took off from there. You know? And what was your first band? My first band was. Oh my God. It was a terrible band. We we're called <laughs> ready on Friday. And that's I, a cool name though. It's a terrible name. Jesus. It's <laughs> horrible. Uh, we, st we started when I was like 16 or maybe 15. And then I was in a band called the annual. And then I was in a band called by the glory. And then, yeah. And those were all like pop, pop punk bands. Right. Playing up like punk rock and pop punk. And, um, and I was in By the Glory up until like I was about 29, 30-ish. And then we started this. Yeah. Yeah. And Jade, talk about your figure skating background. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I did figure skating from the age of 8 till 18, actually. Oh, wow. Went to national championship two times and uh, we finished eight, I think, the last time. It was really fun. I did pair skating, so I'm used to it partner me <laughs> and there was a time when you worked with george laroc isn't there yeah. to teach him how to figure skate how did that go <laughs> yeah really? he, he is such a nice person you just taught me something i don't even know about. <laughs> Yay. yeah so georgia he he knew like the struggle of like figure skating and how it costs so much money and stuff like that for the family and stuff so basically he was um trying to help the figure skater in some terms to uh, he was doing shows with like me and two other girls I think and just to uh, raise money and help us uh, doing our careers and figures okay. so he was really nice really 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 nice that's amazing and Zach I wanted to ask you about the inspiration of third eye blind yeah oh third eye blind <laughs> why i love that band and yeah they, like how they inspired you when you were growing up oh my god i mean third eye blind was like the soundtrack of my life growing up i was a total total dweeb in high school and i grew up watching 
you know, like American Pie and She's All That and like Can't Hardly Wait and and you know all those like all those that was my childhood right like the late 90s mid to late 90s early 2000s and um third eye blind came out in that era like on the big shiny tunes i think we're like i was when i was you know introduced to them i, I listened to semi-charm life that was like the first song i discovered by them and then i went out to hmv at the time and listened to their album in the back of the store and bought the cd and and um, I went to go see them for the first time at Metropolis, which is a venue here in Montreal, um, when I was, I mean, this is when the self-titled album came out. So like, this must've been like late nineties, early two thousands. I was, I was, I was probably 12 or 13 years old. And like, oh, I went, okay. I think I went with a couple of friends and like, my, I don't know how my parents allowed me to go. I think my mom sat outside the venue and just waited for us to finish. <laughs> and, um they were, it was just the soundtrack of my youth. Like that, like I wrote the lyrics down and like I had a journal and I wrote, I had the lyrics to like jumper written down in my journal and you had a journal. Oh yeah. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which, which is a bit weird in retrospect because it was, it was a song about unfortunately nope. about suicide <laughs> and I wrote it down in my journal. So, um, but it was just a song. It was just a band that, that, that was like everything to me you know and i i've seen them i think i saw them twice after that as well and oh, okay to this day i still throw on third eye blind you know perfect marriage of like rock and roll and pop and it's just everything you know yeah exactly and i'm gonna say you have to break out those journals because that's gonna be like a treasure trove of writing material yeah, oh, it, yeah. It, it's well it's literally just me being like do you remember the show doug growing up it was like a cartoon show oh yeah the cartoon yeah 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 I like dug the cartoon and he had a journal and like he used to speak to his journal and he used to like write in the first person so he'd be like hey hey man how's it going and he'd like be speaking to himself so i used to write my journal like that i'm like hey zach how's it going man Aww, you're good cute. you're good oh yeah i'm really sad today <laughs> like, it was just like if my mom found that thing she could have been like what is my son going like what, what's going on through this kid's head but yeah oh that's hilarious now jade within your figure skating you mentioned that it was about 18 when you quit figure skating. And then I think that's when you started singing competitions and sort of getting yeah. into singing and then also going into the hairstylist career. So what did yeah. that time like around your tw early 20s look like within singing and career at that point when you started the singing competitions? Was that for fun or did you have a sort of mindset that maybe music was something you wanted to do? Yeah, that's funny because actually when I was figure skating and doing competitions and stuff like that, I was um, I was good to deal with the stress, but I was too shy to sing in front of people at that time. So I think the figure skating gave me that kind of strength to be able to, to sing in front of people. And then I started to do that because I felt like I was ready for it. So it kind of went through that, that direction. But I always liked to sing and I always wanted to do that. It was my dream, but I was too shy at the time. So, right. Yeah. And so, Zach, by the glory, was that the band you were in the time that you went into the salon that you yeah. two yeah. first met? Yeah. Okay. That was by the glory. And so, what was that time like for you? And well, actually, let's back up because are you an attorney as well? Yes, I am. Okay. It's 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 almost like Superman and Clark Kent because I looked online 
And I saw this attorney with the same name from Quebec, but you have glasses on in a lot of the pictures. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's him. But it's like, yeah, taking off the glasses to become yeah, Superman. Yeah, yeah. But so what did that look like for you in becoming an attorney and being within music and the hopes for the future? Oh boy. Big. That's a big question. You just asked there. Um, do you have an hour? Uh, I mean, it, it was, Oh my God. How do I unpack that question? Um, so did you become a an attorney as a career or was music always sort of an underlying focus of something you wanted to do as a career? It, it, so I became an attorney because I, my parents were always big on school. Oh, you know, okay. On just getting an education and, 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 you know, getting a, you know, solid educational foundation and, you know, you'll, you'll all, you know, you'll always be able to make money as, as, a, as a, as an attorney and you'll always have a job and blah, 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 blah. And, and I, so I, I did that. And, you know, when you're young and you're, you know, you're under the influence of your parents. And I love my parents, by the way, I'm not saying in any way that or shape or form that they made a mistake, but they were like, you know, you should go do that. So I did that, but I never stopped playing music ever, right. ever, ever. Uh, sometimes to like very much to my detriment because, you know, like during law school, I was like not studying Oh really? <laughs> running back home to, to play music, you know? Um, but you know, I, I squeezed through, I made it out of law school and, and, uh, got a job and started working in firms and, you know, and, uh, but I just never, never lost sight of music. And when Jade and I met in, you know, 2016, I was very much still practicing and probably more so at the, you know, I was like midway through my, my career of, or at least midway of where I'm at now. And, and yeah, so I just continued on. And in many ways it was just, it was actually the best thing that could have ever happened to me best thing best choice i've ever made was to go to law school because now in retrospect had i not done that i might have struggled a lot more you know like financially and right. stuff like that. and i might have i might have just been like you know what's like screw music i'm just gonna go get a job and just go work with that but since i i had this i had a, a, you know i can always have the law degree to fall back on and work in law um it allowed me to to you know kind of take those chances and you know, and Jade as well, like she worked with, you know, she's still working very hard as, as a hairdresser and she just got into law school also. Oh, you know? wow. Yeah. So having, having those side gigs have allowed us to, to take the chances, go down to Nashville, do these things that we might've not otherwise been able to do. And um, yeah, I guess to, to wrap up the answer, cause it's been a very long winded answer, but um, if for one, if for any reason, you know, I can, you know, leave the law, you know, leave, leave law behind and become a, a singer, songwriter, full time then you know that would be fantastic i have no no qualms with that but you know until that happens uh, or until the transition would make sense so you know i'll just keep on working and see where it goes you know and so what has it been like over the past couple of years as you've been busier with the music and going on the road and like you say going down to nashville to work on music what has that balance been like of music and normal life and working a day job well, for me personally, it's actually been easier, believe it or not, as I've gotten more senior, because as you get as you get more senior in any job that you do, you get better at it, you get more comfortable doing it, and you gain an independence. And especially with the pandemic, now everybody's working from home, and law has become very much like, 
an online thing, you know, we're, we're, we're pleading now in court over teams and I don't necessarily need to be physically present in the office. And, and my colleagues are the best. Like they all know that I play music, you know, and, and I'm in a band. So, you know, they're like, listen, as long as you're getting the job done and you're answering the emails and you're, you know, you're, you're doing the work, we don't care if you're in Abu Dhabi or Nashville or, you know, on tour in Europe, you know, as long as you get the job done, we're happy. And we, if, if we see your face now and then, you know, at the office physically, then great, you know? So it's actually been, weirdly enough, easier now than it's ever been. Right. And Jade, for you, so are you doing the music, uh, being a hairstylist and going to law school all at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> Superwoman right here. But now I work at uh, the hairdressing I, I I only do once a week, so one day a week, so okay, not too much busy, yeah. but uh, she's cutting my hair after this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah, actually, did, yeah. I can I think I'm a workaholic, so yeah, I get nervous when I do nothing, and I like to yeah. like keep it going and just you have very stuff, good so. work ethic. Yeah, I think so. Very very good work <laughs> ethic. Exactly. Yeah, no, you're Jade's a bit of an old soul in that sense. Like she's like she's not like you know she, she she's very you know very good with getting up at the same time and being at work at time on time and working hard and keeping her head down and you know and the right. pandemic helped too because like all the hair salons was were closed so i had time to focus on music on writing school and stuff so it went pretty easy last few right. years and so as artists you were sort of just beginning when 2020 hit and so for many artists who were just beginning, it was a difficult time because there was nothing to do. But for the two of you, was it a bit of a blessing because it did allow you to focus more on the music during that time? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it allowed us to really, yeah, because like during that time, everything was shut down. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have that obligation to necessarily go into 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 work. And I think we went down to Nashville a couple of times for like five days, 10 days or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we no, had a hard time to yeah. enter. <laughs> yeah. We had a couple of, yeah, we had a hard time entering the States. A couple right. times. But like, you know, and, and I think like we just didn't tell anybody where we were going, you know, like I was like, you know, I'm at home in Montreal, but in reality, I'm in Nashville, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was doing the work though, doing the work, you know, that's awesome. And now let's go back to the beginning of you as a duo so you meet in a barber shop jade you do zach's hair for a photo shoot for his band by the glory and you get into a conversation about music and then a few weeks later zach you call up jade and set up a meeting to sing together now how quickly after that meeting did you realize that you were a fit and that you wanted to join together to try and see if you could make this into something? Was it pretty instantaneous? Yeah, it was like right away we were like, hey, our voices fit. We kind of like each other. Everything goes well. So let's try to write and see how it goes. And we just went like going yeah. up there. <laughs> we were like, we were like two, like, honestly, we were just like two, uh, we were like two, like like Tweedledum and Tweedledee, like just two, like, <laughs> like like we were just like, oh, this sounds good. Okay, let's let's just you know, yeah. Like we, we we weren't methodical about it. We didn't sit no. down and like have this business plan where no, we're like, no, no. okay, these are our goals and this is what we're gonna do. We yeah. just kind of like we're like, oh, this is fun. Like, all right, like good jam. Like, let's jam again next week. And you know, right. 
yeah. thanks week and and that was it you know and let's go find producers and see, yeah let's like... go talk to it and let's start writing and then I, we'd start you came over to my parents place i was and then i came over to your place and we'd like i'd show you some riffs and then you showed me some melodies and then we'd kind of come up with these songs and then we found a producer and it kind of happened it moved it moved forward pretty organically like that yeah you know? yeah Right. And within the songwriting, Zach, I believe the reason you wanted to get more into the country realm away from the pop punk was because you were starting to write more within the country sound. And so, Jade, for you, where was your songwriting at? Had you ever song written? Not before I knew him. So I started to write with Zach. Yeah. we. So we wrote the first EP kind of together. Yeah. And uh, but Zach's Zach is really more on the writing side. I like more to sing, but I kind of write too. But yeah. And so, what was it like when you started heading down to Nashville? Did you start getting more into the co-writing realm when you moved down there, or when you traveled down there, rather? We did one uh, writing trip, actually. Was it one? Yeah, we did one writing trip. Yeah, we did. We did one writing trip, um, and then. Yeah, so at first we wrote mostly, I mean, exclusively with people in Montreal. Yeah. Then we started going down to Nashville to write with people there. Then we met Danik. And then, like, the pandemic hit. And then the pandemic, like, I've been writing more now. On Zoom. On Zoom than I've ever written before. Right. You know. And um, it works well. Yeah. Works great. Yeah, what has it meant for your music and the evolution of your music as you have moved more towards maybe more co-writes and working with a larger circle of people? Well, it's interesting because you go from writing always with the same people, which was what we did with our first EP, where we thought like, okay, this is the way you're supposed to write music, you know? Right. to now, to now mixing and matching with different people and finally kind of seeing that, oh my God, like other people have different ways of approaching things and they have different ideas. And, and mm-hmm. it's sometimes good to get like one person in the room who's more of a lyrical person, one person who's in the room who's more of a melody person and kind of creating these like different, like, you know, teams of people. So like song, you know, evolution, evolutionaries, evolutionarily speaking, I don't even know that's a word, but um, the songs have like evolved a lot more uh songwriting's evolved a lot more it's gone a lot better i think um you know so um and we're also starting to like play songs with other people you know there's i've been writing a lot with other people and this girl ali walker just put out a song uh last week and that was a cut she actually just moved to where i live in Kelowna, in bc she actually just moved to this area okay so Red Red Wine and Whiskey is a song that she put out uh, last week, and it's doing great. And you know that was a song that I wrote with her and a couple of other other guys. And so that is something that I would have probably never done pre pandemic because I was always writing with Jade and with these two other guys here in Montreal. Mm-hmm. So like we were very restricted in terms of like our network, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And within the thoughts, I I saw you mention the thoughts of like when you started out wondering if you were any good and wondering if people would like your sound. And so do you remember a point where you clicked well enough and like you had you had enough stuff going on that you were like, okay, this might actually be a thing that can work out? Well, yes, but I think we always do question ourselves still like 
Totally. Yeah. <laughs> we're totally. super hard toward us. So, yes, but some every time we do shows and connect with people and stuff, we're like, hey, so people like our stuff, actually. Just not us and our moms. So <laughs> that's a good thing. But yeah, I think we always question ourselves. And I think it's something that makes us evolve in music, too. So it's a bad thing and a good thing to 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 be hard toward yourself but yeah. yeah we're definitely not like the the like yeah we're definitely not like okay we're just gonna put this out and kind of like forget about it like we i think we're both like we both have both have a bit of anxiety and we both yeah. suffer a bit like from imposter syndrome right um, you know so uh, yeah but i think the point for me was when ain't, we put out ain't no one like you and that song really did well. Yeah. Like it really like mm-hmm. it, it's it's got it's got like it's into like the three hundred thousands of streams just on Spotify alone, and like it really connected with people. And I remember there's this one girl, um, Sandy, Sandy, yeah, Sandy, this girl Sandy who's like a, a super fan, and she like would write us all the time, be like, I can't wait to hear that song. I love that song. Like that's me and my boyfriend's song, and it's the best song. And we're gonna come see you play it. And I think that was like for a turning point for me where I was like, okay. Like we're an unsigned, nobody knows who the hell we are, and but we're at least connecting with like people, right? You know? Yeah, because that's sort of what the goal is at the end of the day. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's awesome. And also in August, so I saw an interview from I think it was last year, and Jade, you talked about the inspiration of Shania Twain within your musical career and how it would be so amazing to be able to play a show with her. And then in August, like a month ago, not even a month ago, you guys play boots and hearts on the same day as Shania Twain. So just talk about that day and that experience and what it was like. Oh my God. I was excited for our show, but actually I was so excited to see her after (laughs) playing. I think in the, like in the crowd, I really looked like a little girl at Christmas morning, but yeah, she was so good. Oh my God. I love her. I just love her. (laughs) And like along this journey, like you talk about sort of the imposter syndrome and and not knowing if you're good enough, but when you have these bigger moments, are you able to take those in and realize what is happening in the moment and that to celebrate these little victories, I guess, along the way? Yeah, 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 for sure. Like Boutonnard and Lasso Festival uh, in Montreal, they were such big festival. They were our biggest festival we ever did. And we were like, gosh, like five years ago, we were looking at them like, oh my God, it's that's where we want to be like in a couple of years. And we did them and yeah, we're super, super happy about that. And yeah, I think also like, I think there are moments where we feel like we're, you know, where we suffer from that imposter syndrome, but at the same time, then I take a step back and I, I'll speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I think Jay's the same. We take a step back and we look at the big, the big picture. And we say, we haven't been doing this for like six months. No, we've been, yeah, you know, we've been doing this for six years, you know, six years. And we started off from nothing. Like there was no development deal with a label. Mm-hmm. There was no, like, we started with nothing, zero. So this was all just like us being like, hey, I think we can do this. In a city, by the way, where, I mean, if you think countries in existing in Quebec now, six years ago, it was like nothing. Like if right. you country in downtown yeah. Montreal, people were like, what? You know? Um, so 
so yeah so when, when we do when we do do these big festivals we we are like oh my god this is otherworldly and a dream of ours but at the same time we're like yeah but we also kept our heads down and we did the work for the last six years and yeah. you know we're trying to take in the moment and if it whether it lasts the next five years or two years or 10 years or whatever we're trying to really take in those moments and, and remind ourselves that like we did put in the work to get to oh yeah totally. you know? so, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and i was going to ask you about you talk about starting out in Quebec six years ago when country was non-existent. And then also you're moving into a realm of a male-female duo in country music, something that not many people have been able to make successful. I mean, Thompson Square is one that they had the number one and they had some success. And I talked to Smithfield. Uh, they're ones that are on the rise, Kate and Alex, and then the Rec Laws. But other than that, there's not a lot of male-female duos who have been able to really crack into the top of the country charts. And so for you guys, when you look at that and look at where you are and where you want to go, sort of where do you see the roadmap going? The roadmap is uh, is just trying to put out the best music possible. I mean, ultimately, and as cliche as it, as it sounds as an answer, the best song will always win you know like yeah. it, it, you know the rec laws are a great example you know they put out great great songs so yeah. like they are yes they are a girl guy duo but like their songs are just really good you know lady antebellum they're a threesome you know and and one of the guys doesn't even like he sings does back as well plays guitar and they you know for many years and still now are at the top of their game you know so it's mm-hmm. it's i think it's just you know it's about creating a magic. It's about creating an emotion. It's about creating a, a, an experience for people that maybe, you know, a lot of duos haven't been able to kind of pull off or replicate, mm-hmm. you know, off of the, the ones that have made it work. But um, the roadmap is just to put out the best songs possible and just put on the best show possible. Yeah. And, 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 and have people remember us, not necessarily not necessarily because we're a duo, but maybe because they might relate to one more than the other or just for us as a whole, whatever it is, we don't, uh, we just, we just want to put out the best product possible. Right. And working with Danik, what has that meant for your growth as artists? Oh, he's such a good producer and it, it it's fun to work with him too. Cause he like, he lives in Nashville and he knows the Quebec accent because he's a Francophone from, from here actually so he knows how to twang the words and stuff to make it sound like there's no french accent like i'm speaking right so <laughs> it really helps us and he has the ears he, he has such an ear like to know right away all all the har- harmonies what fits what doesn't fit well because before we went to student in studio we always work the songs and find our harmonies and stuff like that and we go there and he's like okay this works this doesn't work he's really he's really good to um direct us and he he's such a nice man too so it's been really cool right and when i was talking to smithfield i kind of talked to them about the fact that one of the most annoying questions they get is if they're dating but on the other side of it when they're performing, they almost, they want to create that vibe within themselves and the energy that makes the crowd think 
they are dating because that's the energy that that the crowd gets off of it. So for you guys in your live show, is that the type of energy that you try and create an energy that makes people wonder if you're a couple or not? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and that's fun because so, yeah. we, we can sing about love and stuff like that because we're like not brother and sister too. So it's 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 fun to make people like wondering and thinking like are they or are they not are they not and yeah it's been fun <laughs> i think also like the songs themselves like we just released a song called to the moon and back mm -hmm. and to the moon and back is like you know it's about loving somebody to the moon and back yeah and naturally before we like we, we never really sat down and we're like we're gonna like totally manipulate people and make no them no no, no, like, no we're we're, we're in a couple <laughs> or something but i think naturally we just gravitated towards like looking at each other for certain songs and interacting with each other in a kind of a, I guess, like romantic ish way on stage because mm -hmm. the songs themselves are, are an emotion and we feel that emotion on stage. So we can't help, but, but like look at each other and kind of be gravitated towards the other because we're singing it together, you know? Yeah. Right. It, it's yeah. It's been great. And as far as the future goes, you're both very busy. And Zach, I believe that By the Glory has morphed into Sucker Punch, who you continue to play with. Oh, my God. You do your research, man. <laughs> you do deep dives. I do. I love it. And so what does the future hold? You both have so much going on. I mean, I mean, listen, Sucker Punch is just, you know, it's, it's a band in which I play guitar in. And I don't do any, I don't do it. I'm not the lead guy. Right. I show up and I jump around stage and I do backups and I write the songs with the guys. And, um, which, which actually little side note, I brought the guy, like the, 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 the bassist, um, who started the band, um, is a really good friend of mine. And he, um, he was looking for people to write with and I introduced him to some country people. So we've been writing songs, in in the in 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 co-writes oh, okay uh, pop punk songs with like four people in the room acoustic guitars and then kind of bringing them to that next level um you know and produ producing them uh, uh uh in the pop punk way but anyways i'm going to close that close that for a second but yeah to answer your question um that's that's just something i can do on the side you know and, and just have fun doing but obviously my main focus is is five roses and you know, in an ideal world, it would be five roses and I'd have Sucker Punch also and just play music for the rest of my life, you know? <laughs> and are you guys, like, do you feel like you're close to that? Do you feel like with the rise that you've been on that you might be on a trajectory towards being able to leave those day jobs and be able to focus on this comfortably as a career? Well, we never know, like in Edmonds, but I think we're on the right way and we work like super hard so that's our biggest wish i think and if i speak for myself i can quit school anytime <laughs> to do only music so that's a big wish of mine but uh we'll see because we can't really tell like music is such um unknown career in the yeah. sense of like we never know what's gonna happen with any act so yeah i think it's a wish but We'll see. And we work hard and do the things we have to do to get there. And we'll see if it works. And do you ever see a time if it was the right move in moving down to Nashville full time? 
I'd love to. I'd love to too. Yeah. I'd love to, or even just have like an apartment down there. Yeah. Like invest, invest in an apartment down mm-hmm. there together and, you know, be down there, you know, several months out of the year to do business and write and, and, um, yeah, that would be great. It's an, it's something we can see, like, if it gets to that point, I think we're ready to do it. Is it the point now? I don't think so, but maybe it will come yeah. like sooner than we think. That's it. Who knows? I, I think like how it develop, develops in Canada mm-hmm. is going to be a good indicator, you know? Yeah, if we, totally. If we see like this is, you know, doing well here and we want to maybe, you know, you know, take our chance at the States and get a deal down there for sure. And know? we're also Montreal lovers. So Montreal's, yeah. <laughs> we're going to miss Montreal right. if we quit. <laughs> yeah. Nashville's cool too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. would say no. <laughs> right. And what's it been like growing within Canada and especially the country music community? Because I mean, down in Nashville, you're in one city. You have basically the country community in a city. In Canada, everyone's spread out across the country. You don't have one main hub in Canada. But for you guys, I mean, signing your record deal, you're on the same label as Jess Moskaluk and Tyler Joe Miller and some other amazing artists. And then you've had the chance to go to the CCMA Awards and sort of get into the country community that way so what has that been like in making your way into that community and receiving the support from other artists it's been really fun that's that's a good question because like in country music i feel like we're all a big family and when we went to nashville we saw a lot of canadian act from uh, country music and everybody's like so close and speak to everybody it's been really nice it's been fun it's been great everybody's so nice it's you know and everybody's very curious about quebec and where we're from and and um yeah it's it's been it's been great and you know the ccmas are a great thing for that reason exactly because you know it kind of makes everybody convene in, in one spot so you know the um like just from the ccmas last year just the the connections i you know the people I met, Jade met, like that spun off into co-writes that spun off into, you know, just relationships for a bunch of things, you know? And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, would it be great if it was all kind of congregated into one city for sure, but you know, we're doing the best we can here in Canada, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you're going to be hitting the road with Tebe in October, for some shows what is that a is that going to be a full band show or are you going to be opening acoustic for him it's going to be a full band show okay so is that is this your first full band show tour then yes it is is. so what's it going to be like oh it's going to be great man it's going to be great uh we're, we're yeah we're gonna have a lot of fun and we're gonna take our set that we have right now and we have we're gonna tinker with it you know create a couple more nice moments in there and mm-hmm. and just from start to finish just you know we're gonna have 30 minutes right and we have seven or eight i think seven shows yep seven, seven shows so we got uh what is that uh three and a half hours <laughs> to show people what we got you know so we're gonna make those three and a half hours count right and what's it been like as you are able to sort of spread your wings outside of Quebec and get into different regions and and spread your music and, and maybe see the impact that your music is having outside of your home province. It's been crazy. Every time we do a show and see people singing our song, we're like, wow, it's, it's 
the most like it's the best thing after sliced bread yeah <laughs> it's, yeah like, like yeah. this person who's like at boots and hearts who's like clearly not from montreal you know yeah from ontario or maybe some other part of canada who's singing the song and and uh it's a feeling like no other really yeah really that's awesome well jukebox vibrations is the new ep out now and people can see you on tour with tebe and we'll be excited for more new music maybe are you continually working on new music around your schedule for sure yep oh yeah got some demos in the pipeline got some plans uh, coming up Thank you once again so much for listening and thank you to Jade and Zach for stopping by to share their story. Be sure to check out Five Roses' debut EP, Jukebox Vibrations. Please also be sure to check out us on social media. We're available on all platforms. So just head over, search Country Music Made Me and give us a follow. You can also check us out at countrymusicmademe.com where you can sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content. And finally, if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review, a rating, anything helps. Thank you so much once again for listening and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me. Music